Hey guys, welcome back to the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. My name is Kyle and Sarah, and thank you so much for checking it out again. Uh, I appreciate the support. We are up to almost 4,000 4, listens or whatever of, of the show. So I don't know. That number sounds huge to me. I think it's awesome. Um, I hope to continue to grow this podcast in the coming year. Got a lot of great guests lined up to finish out the year. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you for DMing, texting, uh, commenting. Uh, I really appreciate the support. And I really do hope that a lot of this information has been actionable. You've been able to put it to use in your own restaurants and um, you know have saved you some at least some frustration, maybe some money. Maybe you've maybe you've done something great with it that I don't know about. If that's the case, let me know. Shoot me a text, 914-996-4569, or uh, DM me on Instagram or comment um, on some pictures in LinkedIn, whatever. I'm all over the place. You can find me. So um, at Kyle and Sarah on Instagram, just in case you didn't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was the hope, right? Like I was talking the other day to somebody that restaurant owners don't necessarily always share their information, and I always talk about that. But it seems like that's kind of turning – the corner a little bit, you know, everyone's starting to share information with each other. And, and that's kind of the, the idea of this show was to share information as I find out about it uh, and just let you know what I'm experiencing. So um, hopefully that's worked out for you. Um, big week here in New York, um, New York city restaurants open up at 25%. And look, I, I personally don't think that's anything great. You know, you got to understand most restaurants in New York city don't have 200 seats. They have, 30, 40 seats at most, sometimes, most of them, a lot of them. Um, and some are even smaller than that. So, you know, you got to realize if 25% means six people, what is that really going to do, right? How many covers can you really do? Because the other problem is on the expense side is you're still paying rent, right? So you got to figure that out. And you you guys know if you run a restaurant that it doesn't take, it takes about the same amount of people in the back of the house to cook for, six people as it does to cook for, you know, 600 people. It's, it's a time, it's a speed thing, but the number of hands needed uh, is about the same. So not a lot of help there when it comes to saving money, but uh, either way, I hope the New York city restaurants that did open were successful. I understand there's a little bit of hesitancy that has been the, the comments that I hear that people are still hesitant to eat inside. Maybe. Yeah, I'm sure there's a good amount of people who feel that way. But I also think, you know, it's still the weather's still relatively warm here in New York. You know, other parts of the country, you guys are probably wearing turtlenecks and wool hats. But, you know, it's it's in the high 60s, low 70s here. And that's great, beautiful weather. I think people want to sit outside anyway. So um, I'm not looking too much into that right now. I think we're going to have to really keep an eye on that as things kind of progress into the colder weather when it gets into like the high 40s or even lower. So um, I know that's a big fear. So my thoughts and uh, well wishes are with New York City restaurants that everything gets figured out prior to then. Uh, and hopefully we're, we're pushing towards that 50, 75, 100% occupancy safely and uh, as quickly as possible. So having said that, it's a perfect segue into who our guest is. So this week I was really uh, fortunate to connect with Tino Petisano from Il Baco Restaurant. And uh, Tina and her family uh, have owned Il Baco for a number of years, and they're a family business, right? They're Italian food. They have Il Baco. They have a trattoria, and they, um, you know, just like every other restaurant, um, were caught off guard by this and didn't know how to run their business effectively. And 
you know, they're in Queens, but they are 500 feet from the Nassau County border. So if you know anything about uh, Long Island and New York, or if you don't, um, Queens is part of New York City. It's one of the five boroughs, but it's technically on Long Island. And Long Island has two counties, Nassau and Suffolk, both of which have had different, um, they have been able to open up with different regulations than New York City has. So even though she's on Long Island, she's part of New York City. So she has to adhere to those uh, standards or those requirements as set out by the state and by uh, the city. So she's looking at a restaurant 500 feet away with occupancy for several weeks, months, maybe even prior to when she was able to open this week. Um, so she was approached by an attorney and they set out to sue for $2 billion, the, basically the state of New York. So we get into that. We talk about what that means, what that looks like. Um, you know, she's very passionate about the restaurant industry and was a fantastic guest. And I really, I haven't spoken with her since uh, we recorded, but I hope everything went great. And I'm sure uh, her dad is super stoked to be back at the door, greeting people and doing what he does. And she's excited about uh, talking to guests and doing what she does. So overall, it was, um, you know, nice to have this conversation at a time when there's not so much great news. This was a little bit of a sort of a little pick me up to um, to everyone in the restaurant business that the restaurant opened the Obaco story. They're opening back up. Uh, so I don't want to give away the whole podcast here in the intro. That would be silly. So um, check it out. As always, guys, um, let me know what you think. I love getting the DMs and the comments and the text messages. Uh, any questions you have about the show, about reopening strategies, or um, if you want to just know more about the guest and Nilbako, she gives out her information on how to how to reach her there. So um, we're really creating a community here, guys. I think it's great. And um, yeah, man, keep listening. Be safe and run your freaking restaurant, guys. Gals, run your restaurant. All right, guys, check it out. Okay. All right, Tina, thanks for joining me this morning. <clears throat> um, I know I kind of threw this on you a little bit last minute, but a uh, quick intro here. Um, Tina Opetisano from Il Baco Restaurant um, is joining us to talk about I'm going to let her tell the whole story. It's a lot going on. It's very relevant to what's going on here, particularly in New York. But before we get into that, I just need to know for myself, how did you get started in the restaurant business? So my father actually started in the restaurant business um, 30, 30, year, 30 plus years ago. He originally started in Manhattan at a restaurant called Firenze. It's an interesting story. He was in Florence. He was out at some type of gelato shop. And he said to himself, I want to open up a gelato shop in New York City. So came back home, he was 25 years old. He opened up what was Firenze. It was originally a gelato shop. Then all of a sudden, the weather changed and the winter came. And he was like, well, you can't make any money with gelato in January in New York. So he turns it into a small restaurant. From there, he ended up selling that. It was on, a, I think it was like 82nd and 1st. He ended up selling that and uh, he just had a vision for a larger restaurant in Queens. He chose Northern Boulevard due to the location. You know, it's kind of, of central to everything. It's central to Long Island, central to Queens, to Manhattan. The train station is right there. 
So it was originally a much smaller location. I mean, we had maybe a hundred seats. We had a small party room in the back for 50 seats. And then this coming, you know, in a couple of weeks, this coming October 11th will be 10 years exactly that we moved over two stores down. So a little bit, two stores down more towards um, east. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we created the new Albaca, which is where we have our rooftop and our event space. And, you know, we really expanded in the past 10 years. So have you been involved with that space, managing it for the last 10 years? Yeah, I started from the old space. Okay. I started from when I was 14 years old, you know, you didn't have a choice, up, right? Yeah, I didn't have a choice <laughs> at first. And then when we ended up moving over, um, it was definitely very exciting. And that's kind of where I learned everything. And I've been hands on full time for 10 years since day one, you know, and every year it just gets more and more ideas on how to keep it going, make it better, make it stronger, expand new ideas, just kind of going with the times with everything. Yeah, it's that's part of it is being flexible for sure. Now, your dad is still involved in the business, right? Yeah, he's still involved. So it's 100% family owned. I have uh, me, I'm pretty much general manager taking care of most of the stuff. I have my father is still working there. He, you know, he's, he's like the the face. He's like, the he's very charismatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in the front of the restaurant. He's, you know, he does the door. So this has been extremely uh, difficult for him because that, that got taken away from him. That was yeah. really like his livelihood and what he's good at. If you come to Obaco, you know, Joe, you know, and you yeah. know him as in a suit and tie, very happy, very friendly. Um, he's always, always in the front of the restaurant. So it's been very rough for him. I have my brother, Salvatore is also manager with me as well. Uh, he does a lot of back of the end stuff. And then my mom is our uh, bookkeeper. She does all the accounting. So everybody um, has guys, their own yeah. role. <laughs> for sure. I mean, I, that's one of the things I spoke about is that's what's hard for people to realize with somebody like your dad, who so sounds like so hands-on and this is kind of like part of his persona, who he is, this whole not being around people, but also now this new dynamic of limiting the number of people when before it was like to think to let everybody in, right? Particular Italian restaurant come on in, don't worry, the more the merrier, that kind of thing. It cuts against his grain. And I'm sure to your same thing, you like to tell people, no, sorry, we can't have you. Yeah, I, you know, it's when this whole lawsuit came out, I assume that everybody knows what's going on with restaurants just because mm-hmm. it's it's what I do every day. So I know what's yeah. going on with restaurants. I can't tell you how many people did not know or didn't understand exactly what was happening. And that's fine. I think humans naturally, right? You know what you do every day and what pertains to you every day. So when you're an accountant or, you know, all these other professions, maybe an attorney that they're kind of, their life is kind of normal every day for the most part. Now that things are back in swing, when you go to work every single day and you look at an empty dining room, it just gets you, it just hits you in a certain way, you know, regardless sure. if you're doing outdoor dining, you know, we do have a rooftop and, and that is, it, it is amazing. We're one, you know, we're very fortunate that we have a rooftop, but to walk into my restaurant every afternoon, pretty much, you know, working right now, six days a week for the most part, um, you walk in, you look down the block, you see Long Island, you see that they're allowed to go inside and then you walk in your restaurant and a place that has we truly are, we are a little next staple. I mean, we're a grandfather in at this point. And to see that it's just empty 
And now, like the point that you just mentioned, you know, now to limit the amounts of people in and of itself is just, it's hard. Oh. It's, you know, I, I hate the term new norm because I just want norm. I don't want it to yeah, be the, no new I don't want it to be the new norm. Um, it's crazy. I mean, at this point, every, pretty much every other business besides, right, hospitality, the whole hospitality industry, bars, nightclubs, Broadway, restaurants, everyone has pretty much seemed to be moving on, except for us. It's it's wild. <laughs> so let, let's let's get into that. I mean, that so you touched on it. You're part of the there's because there's so much to it. There's um, a two billion dollar class action lawsuit against the city, the governor and the attorney general's office. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. OK. And, the and as the state of New York, so not, the yeah. state of New York. So everybody. <laughs> so yeah. basically, the crux of it is that you're 500 feet down the street from mm -hmm. Long Island where there are not these restrictions. They're not being held to the same level of, uh, of all these COVID uh, guidelines that New York City restaurants are. And your argument is 500 feet away is, is, is okay, but my dining room is not. Is that correct? Can you give a little background on that? Yeah, so um, James, Mer I always say his last name wrong and I'm sorry, James, but his last <laughs> name is James Maramigas. And he was the attorney on the, on, um, for the gyms. So okay. he helped open up the gyms. Um, he actually approached us and said, hey, you know, due to your size, your popularity and your location, you guys would be the perfect lead plaintiffs in the lawsuit against the state of New York. So he had approached us and we said, we're on board. You know, we have nothing to hide. We're ready. We're ready to go. You know, we 100% want to be involved because somebody needs to speak up because at that point, nobody was speaking up. So kind of a little background on the situation in the beginning, I would say end of May, beginning of June, we were closed for we were closed. We didn't do takeout and delivery the entire time like a lot of places did for the sole reason that it's just not our niche. It's not our thing. So we kind of knew we would end up by the time we we're paying the staff, you know, everyone was collecting unemployment at that point. So it didn't make sense for us. We would definitely end up losing money opening up just for takeout um, and delivery. We don't even, we've never even done delivery before. So we opened up June 1st. At that point, everything was in phases. Everything seemed very organized. You know, it was okay. Phase one phase two phase three phase four i mean every morning it was like what phase are we at where where, where are we going to go yeah. next you know then all of a sudden it got to you know we're allowed outdoor dining i believe it was either i would say june 14th i think it was june 15th so that was a phase and then at that point long island the following week entered phase three so i think that was phase two they entered phase three and now they're at june 22nd so then from june 22nd they told us the city okay you guys can enter the phase of out of uh, indoor dining july 3rd or i think it was july 6th somewhere around that time what ended up happening was i mean he just got up the mayor and the governor just got up and said july 3rd they're like oh no you guys can't have indoor dining indefinitely so that's how this whole thing started that's when it became really transparent how unfair, like the inequality like, between the two, you know, between Suffolk and Nassau County, between the five boroughs, um, that that's kind of when everyone started feeling like we're being discriminated against, you know, then going through July, I think, I think a lot of restaurants just kind of let it go because they mm -hmm. were trying to figure out their outdoor dining. I mean, most restaurants had to just 
build a restaurant overnight. You know, I have my rooftop, for example, talking about just El Baco, I have my rooftop and it was never a dining space. It was always a private event space. So we had to build a restaurant. We had to figure it out, make a layout, build the tables, staff it, figure out how we're going to get the food up and down, change the menu. I mean, it was like overnight. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. It's not easy. People are like, just, just do this. Yeah. It's a total yeah. change what you do. Yeah. yeah. I understand. So when they said initially indefinitely for indoor dining, I think a lot of people just kind of like forgot about it because they were so busy with it being summer and trying to figure out the best way, the, the best they can do, you know, trying to absorb the, the good weather as much as possible. Then all of a sudden, you know, he approached us the first week of September. We said 100% and, and we we're in, we want to do it. And then that's how this, the whole ball got rolling, you know? Yeah. Now here we are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seemed like, and then right, but right after that lawsuit, then how long was it after that they made the announcement like, okay, you're going to be able to have 25% at the end of October? I mean, it didn't yeah. seem like so, it. Seemed yeah. Like- yeah. So fast forward to the situation right now, we filed the lawsuit. It was the first or the second of September. That was when the lawsuit was filed. Now out of, you know, then we started getting on all the media, the talk shows, we hosted a rally. I mean, we brought a lot of attention, a lot of awareness, which was great. Yeah. September 9th, uh, Como comes out. So now you're talking, I think it was eight days, right? Eight days after. So September 9th, he comes out and he says, Okay, I'm going to grant you guys, you know, 25%, not even 50, 25, and it's not even going to be now. It's going to be September 30th. Then he says, September 30th, we'll open 25%. And then November 1st, we'll touch base and see if we can do 50%. Touch base. Touch base. I mean, it's, it, it is so unbelievable to me. I mean, I thought if, if things were being done, properly and appropriately, in my opinion, and fairly, you know, he should have said, all right, it's September 9th. I understand you guys haven't been open. Let's start Monday. That would have been September 14th. Let's start Monday. We could do 25%. And then let's wait. The school's just open. Let's wait till nothing, you know, peaks or anything, you know, stirs up, whatnot with the virus. And then the 30th, if all is good, which it would have been because the numbers show that nothing is happening right now. Yeah. Um, if it, you know, all was good, then he could have said September 30th, I'll give you guys 50% like everybody else. And then we'll touch base for everybody as a whole when we can move forward together, you know, but that's just not, that's just not what's happening. And people, no. you know, the restaurant industry, most people won't open at 25%. They just won't, you know, yeah, I have a lot of, yeah, I have a lot of friends and family and just people in the business, my group of people, uh, my network. And a lot of people are like 25%, you know, based on your square footage, based on your layout of the restaurant, 25% just isn't cutting it. You know, by the no. time by the time you pay food costs, labor costs, liquor costs, building costs, rent, uh, you know, all that other st- good stuff that goes along with yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're not getting anything. No. And I think it's important because, you know, we have some people listening across the country that, that maybe need to understand. But geographically speaking, New York City isn't just Manhattan. So they're outer boroughs. So Queens is actually on Long Island and they're separate counties that are not part of uh, what the governor is talking about and what the mayor is talking about in regards to the, some of the restrictions. So Nassau County is at 50 percent. Correct. They're not being held to the same kind of standard that you're being asked to be held to. Is that correct? Yeah. So they. Yeah, they started 
free and clear 50%. So all summer they have been operating with basically 100% capacity because they were given 50% indoors and their outdoor dining. So you yeah. take a big restaurant, like a lot of the restaurants on the North shore up from Baco, you know, you go into the Americana Manhasset, you go into yep. Roslyn and you get a lot of, you know, big restaurants over there. They're at a hundred percent. I say to myself, I'm like, I wonder what's going to happen if he doesn't go further than 50% and the, you know, the winter time, like, you know, let's say November's here. We're in the middle of November. Nobody can sit outside. I wonder if they're going to start stirring it up too, because then it's going to hit them. Like, Oh yeah. wow, this oh, yeah. sucks. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't no. notice. You don't notice when you don't have to deal with it. That's the bottom line. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I you know, I'm in Westchester. I have a restaurant here in Westchester. We haven't had, we've been open 50% since July. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, we take the precautions and people have to wear the mask, sit down with the mask. We clean the hell out of everything. We sanitize tables, we gloves, masks uh, in the kitchen as well. And, you know, I mean, I, to me, I just think this feels, it's hard for it not to feel like this is directed directly at restaurants. Because like you said, kids are back in school, gyms are back open with certain capacities. I get it. But I, I need to see some evidence or some proof that this is tied directly to somebody and two people enjoying a meal at a restaurant inside. Yeah, at, at this point, you can go to a doctor, you can go to a dentist, you can go shopping. I mean, all these big stores that you've been able to go shopping at, like the Home yeah. Depots and the Walmarts and the Targets and everything. Um, now you can go into department stores like Bloomingdale's or Macy's. I mean, why it's targeted towards restaurants. I know, I, I don't know, I don't know if this is crazy or not. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but <laughs> I, I feel like they're just trying to just crack down on humans. You know, you take away restaurants, you take away bars, you take away hospitality. People can't celebrate. They can't go out and celebrate a birthday or an anniversary or a graduation or a sacrament. You know, yeah. everything was messed up for them. And you take people, you know, a lot of people from the five boroughs, they're not trekking to Long Island. They're just not. Like, they're going to wait. For the most part, someone like me would, but not everybody will. So right. for the most part, these people, it's just everything's taken away from them. Like, the opportunity to celebrate and enjoy time with your family and friends and loved ones is just taken away from them. And I feel like it's really getting to people. I speak from a, a perspective of, I deal with events a lot at the restaurant. We do all types of events, anywhere from a graduation, a, an engagement party, an anniversary, a birthday to a wedding, right? And in the beginning of all of this, people were more uncertain with what was happening. They were more confused. Now I talk to people and they're just, they're just broken down. They're just upset. Yeah. They're just like, we don't even want, like, you know, in, in when the events were canceled in, March, April, May, they're like, you know what? It's okay. We'll wait till the summertime to postpone. Then the summertime wasn't getting better. Okay. You know, wait till the fall to postpone. Now they're just like, we don't want to have a party anymore. We're just done. We're, we're over it. They're just, they're in a new way they're, you can tell it's really gotten to them. Definitely. And as far as the guidelines, I just want to definitely pinpoint that. Cause like you said, yeah nobody knows yeah like what's the big difference yeah so when suffolk and nassau open i mean their guidelines are normal you know walk in wear your mask to and from your table to and from the bathroom yep. um 
our guidelines, I mean, there's a whole list. So we have to change air infiltration systems within the restaurant. So no one, and, and there's not really a, a clear set of guidelines as to what exactly we're supposed to be doing, but we have to change some type of air infiltration system. They want this like blue light. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Second. Now I, I've spoken to engineers about it and they say two different engineers that I spoke to said that this infiltration system that they want to put in will burn out the air, like will burn out the units faster. So you're going to end oh, up right. having to, you know, replace your compressor in three years. Yeah, right. Exactly. Awesome. It, it never, it never shuts off. So yeah. that's, that's number one. Number two, we're not allowed anybody at the bar. We're not allowed bar service, which is completely crazy to me. That's crazy to me too because yeah, you you mentioned it, but I was at the Americana in Manhattan, and the two restaurants there, the bar was packed. Yeah, they were packed. It's and you know, good for them. I love them. Those I love those restaurants. I love the restaurant owners. You know, uh, one of the brothers came and supported our rally. I do. I love them. I'm, I'm. I support them. I go there often with friends and stuff. And uh, it's just crazy. Yeah, they're allowed at the bar and we're not. So that's the second thing. The third thing is we're mandatory temperature checks when you walk in, which you go to any one of those restaurants, nobody's checking your temperature. No. Right. Uh, the fourth thing that I think is the craziest is the most outlandish to me is the fact that we have to have a tracker. So any group, any party that comes in, whether it's, you know, two, three, six, eight persons, they have to label a tracker, kind of like the designated driver for the night, the DD. And okay. they have to put their first name, last name, phone number, email address, I mean, home address, everything. And I have so many customers that have come in and they're like, we're not putting our information down. Like yeah. that's unnecessary. It's invasive. You don't want to deal with it. So they have to put it down as in like, hey, just one somebody in this group was here at the restaurant in case they're trying to track it down. That's what you mean by tracker. Like that person's the, the tracker. Exactly. Because if we have any spikes, they want to be able to say, oh, well, this person was in this restaurant, which is like, how can you even control that? Now it's now as me working in the restaurant, my staff, like we have to worry about all these things. And I get it. We want to be safe, but being six feet apart and wearing your mask is enough in most businesses. Why isn't it enough in our business? I know, I know, I know. And why is it, why in in your your instance, why is it okay? You know, a quarter mile down the road. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially a a restaurant the size of Obaco. I mean, we're clear for 175 people to sit in our dining room. So 25% of that, you're talking about, I mean, I think exactly it's 43 people. Uh So, I mean, 43 people allowed inside the dining room. I mean, that should just be enough. (laughs) We're spread out at that point, you know? Yeah, that's the rule, right? Yeah, exactly, you're right. You wear the mask to and from, you spread out, you do the 25%. Now they're just making it extremely complicated. Yeah. Now, in this, there's been so much and there's so much to learn and you have to adapt to new technologies, new systems, new, almost new everything. What's the most important thing that you guys as a team, as a group have learned about this process? Aside from the lawsuit, but like, has it caused you to look at your model any differently? Or are you kind of just hoping to push through and, and kind of make things back to the way they were? Well, it, well, I mean, there's like two answers to that question. My team, I find is much more appreciative. That goes without saying. So besides the restaurant business, um, without just talking about the business aspect, 
they definitely just more happy to come to work, more appreciative. I think more appreciative of the job we provide for them as far as it being, you know, a family owned, family run place where we're going to work with you. We're going to help you. We're here to help you, you know, et cetera, go forward. We want everyone to make money. We want everyone to be happy. We want to give as much jobs and, you know, staff as many of them as possible. We've all been working together. As far as changing the restaurant, yeah, I mean, it's definitely scary. A place like El Baco, we're lucky that we are a landmark, that we're very established right now. But those finer dining places, they're not, it's tough. People are right yeah. now like quick and casual. That's like what they're looking for. You know, a lot of these places in the city where they are, you know, Michelin, star, you know, three Michelin yeah. stars and charging X amount of money for a prefix to sit in the restaurant for four hours and have a 25 course meal. It just doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore. Right. And, and for it to go back, you know, I don't know. It will, it, it's going to take time though. Like that will eventually be the really rare, different, cool thing to do. Cause right now it's just quick and casual. Nobody wants to yeah. be in like fancy places. So you have to, we have, we spoke about, we own another restaurant, Chatria 35, that's located on 35th Avenue and Bell Boulevard. And, you know, they've been doing all right because they are a Chatria. You right, know, right. they're more of like more a, casual. a restaurant, more casual. People love it. So they do great to go, you know, takeout and delivery has always been a thing for them now even more. And people just love it. It's quick, easy, simple. You go, you can have a pizza and a glass of wine, or you can have a bottle of wine and a steak if you feel like it. So you can kind of go both ways. Yeah. So well, that's, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you touched on it before, but so many people were like, when this first started, they're like, well, now everyone's just going to cook at home. And I immediately thought, yeah, you're not getting it though. Restaurants are more about just going to get something to eat. It's that emotional experience that you're talking about. And I think restaurants like El Baco and, and, and these traditional sit-down restaurants yeah, sure. There may be some that don't make it because, but maybe they weren't meant to make it anyway. You know, they, they were probably sick beforehand and COVID just knocked them out. But like you guys, I think people are always going to want that connection. They're going to want to be able to go there and enjoy what they had before. Uh, it, it's something that is going to be a bit of an opportunity, I think, for restaurants like you guys. It's going to be like almost like a nostalgic feeling, instant like nostalgia. Are these going to be sit down, family run restaurants? It's true. And people do have that emotional connection with restaurants. You know, I was talking to a customer, um, I'm supposed to be doing their wedding next year. And I was talking to them on Saturday night and he was saying how he's like, you know, we really haven't gone out, but now we decided to come out. And of course we want to come to El Baco. And he's like, I cook all the time. He's like, every night I cook for myself. He's like, you know what, after a long week of work, on a Friday night or on a Saturday night, he's like, I just want to go out. He's like, I want to be served. I want to be given. Yeah. I want a bottle open for me. I want my appetizer and main course. I want to go home and not have to, you know, clean pots and deal with the kitchen and the mess. That was the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's like, how much can you possibly, I mean, I truthfully, you know, we'll see what happens with this winter. It's something I definitely, I'm scared. I'm not going to lie. I've never, I've never really felt the way that I felt now about the world and the economy and what's happening. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm nervous. You know, I, I don't know. It, it's, I think it's a lot of, I've, I've spoken a lot in the past about that feeling of being in limbo, the feeling of the unknown. They're always unsettling feelings, but 
to say to yourself, okay, well, there's a possibility that I may have to enter January with 25%. That's scary. It really is scary. And, you know, there's a chance that if that continues that way, after all is said and done, come April and May and the start of spring, you know, a lot of these places that people know and love aren't going to exist anymore. You know, they're, they're going to say, oh, let's go to that place. And it's just not going to be there. You know, it's already happened yeah. to me a few times being in the city. You know, yeah. me and my fiance say, oh, hey, let's go to that place on the corner of such and such. And I go to call it and it's like shut down. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's why. Now, are you, do you guys own your property or do you lease it from somebody? We own, thank God. Okay, so, yeah, so yeah. That's, that's a we big own. help, right? We initially, the old Albaca, we initially leased it. You know, that was how we, we started off. But um, this property now, we own it, thank God. Thank God. Because yeah, then, I mean, purpose. yeah, the size, if we didn't, no matter how busy we are, if we didn't, just the size of our building alone, it would have been right in that area. Yeah. Right. For sure. There's just so many different factors to it. You know, like, like, like I said, you could take a a restaurant that does really well and then they don't own the property and then they're just put in a different bracket than a restaurant that kind of does okay, but they own the space, you know? Yeah. I know it's been, the landlord stuff's been tough to navigate. I mean, in, in and of that and all the things you're talking about here, there's so much going on. I mean, restaurants are a stressful place to begin with. And I think overall, as an industry, we don't do a great job of like taking care of ourselves in this time. Like, how do you deal with stress? How do you make time for yourself, especially now during this stuff? Do you have uh, a glass of wine? <laughs> yeah, glad <laughs> or two. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I hear that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it is it is very tough, and I think that's a good question because restaurant people, hospitality people, we're just we're go 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 all the time. And I think for me, one of the biggest issues that I, you know, come to that I have an issue with is every day you have to be okay. You have to be good. You have to have a smile on. You have to look a certain way. I mean, you're in front of people, you know, I'll have mornings where I just can't deal with it anymore. I'm so stressed out. I'm, I'm working every day. I'm coming home very late. I'm getting there very early. My phone is nonstop. My email is nonstop. Who wants to book a party? Who wants a reservation? So many different factors. And then after a long day of work, I'll start at 10 a.m. After a long day of work, it's 5.30. I feel like I want to just go home and be done. But then I walk into my rooftop and there's people everywhere that want to say hi and speak to you. You know, and you got to have these conversations with people. It's very difficult. Um, I definitely, for me personally, I go walking in the morning. I like to wake up early. I go walking. I I have my own thing. I have my peace and quiet. Other than that, there's really not much I do for stress, you know? Oh, that's a big one, though. Going for a walk is a big one. one. That's Yeah, that's that's, that's my thing. Like like, like I said, that and wine at the end of the night to just calm you down. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm more of a tequila guy, but yeah, I hear you. I mean, that's, that's for me one of the things. I mean, it's hard when you're in the restaurant business and you also like to get up early and do things. But that is such a great time. And first one, people could just get over leaving the restaurant at two in the morning, get up at, you know, 4.30, 5.30 in the morning and, and go for a walk. It's a huge, huge thing. It's huge and just gives you a peace of mind. And like, it's nice. The I think the best thing, I, I don't even listen to music when I go for a walk. I just no. like to be quiet because <laughs> yeah. I'm no. always I'm with you, yeah. every night, so many different people and so many different things. And I, I do enjoy it. I mean, 
it is fun whose son or daughter got married or who's doing this, who's doing that. People are excited to tell you about their business. That's the fun part about restaurants. Like going to restaurants are fun. And then when you start building connections with the people in the restaurants, make them even more fun. You know, who doesn't love to go to a place where the host or the manager or the owner knows you and makes you feel comfortable and makes you feel at home. It makes your experience so much better. I mean, that's the whole thing. That's the that's the hospitality that people, you know, go back for. That conversation with the bartender, the banter with the waiter, you know, your dad, like, at the door. They feel like – and you guys feel the same about them. And that's – you know, I think that's really what, what people are, are missing. You know, like I said, it's not just – I'm sure, you know, people come there for food all the time, obviously, but it's more than that. And I think that's what makes this so difficult. Yeah. Even when we opened up initially June 1st for takeout um, and delivery – that day alone, I mean, I, I was like, I was like hysterical the whole day because the amount of support that we had, I mean, from customers, I didn't realize how much I missed them. I was yeah. like, you know, these people were walking into my restaurant and I had tears in my eyes. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I miss you. I'm used to seeing you once, twice a week, yeah. you know, and then we went from nothing and here you are, here's day one, opening up for it to go and, you know, take out and delivery. And here you are supporting us. That's, it's very meaningful i mean it, it, it hits you a certain way i know i'm going to be the same way this weekend because i know yeah. you know come wednesday when we open the 25 percent, i know i'm going to have a lot of customers that are just they want to be i have people on the phone i want to be the first person to eat indoors on wednesday you know like i mean and it, it makes you feel so good like wow you really do hit home for a lot of people and and you we are important to a lot of people we make a lot of people feel special yeah and look, I know you're busy and you have a long, uh, long, busy week ahead of you. Just finish up by asking you, how are you guys, how are you guys handling Wednesdays? Is it reservations? I mean, do you have space for people? Can people give you a call at the restaurant and kind of yeah, still make so that happen? People, you yeah, people can call. You can make a reservation. Um, you know, we're on all the social media platforms. You could go, you can message us through there too, even. We're good because we're going to be doing indoor and our rooftop. So we'll have both things going on until weather permits. That's great. So whoever we can fit inside will, you know, can fit inside. And then whoever can't, the overflow will be going upstairs. But I know people are going to be, you know, fighting to get a seat in the dining room. Reservations, right? I mean, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So I need a reservation. So look, Tina, thank you so much for sharing the story. Uh, I'm with you. Support, you know. Keep my eye on what happens there. And like I said, our office is right near there. So we're going to bring a group by soon to say what's up to you guys. I really Uh, appreciate you asking me to come on. And I appreciate speaking with you. Thank you. Yeah. Good luck and good luck to your team. And uh, we look forward to fighting a good fight with you guys. Yes. Fight the good fight. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Take care. I'm not afraid of